The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. Regular season is over, man. It has come and gone. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Jason Swain. How are you? Um, a little chilly this morning, but I'm good. A little. Yeah, a little chilly this morning. It's not chilly. It's cold outside. That That's what that is. I, I do want to start off before we get into the important things i do want to wish a happy belated birthday to our good friend of the show tina r yesterday was her birthday want to give her a birthday shout out that is important. It was her birthday that is the, that is important it, it, it's more important than anything we're going to talk about all morning long so I do want to start the show by wishing tina a happy birthday hope she had a great day uh yesterday and swain it, it sure does feel weird that the regular season is over feels like we were just in nashville watching tennessee play virginia yeah, it was it was not long ago, my friend, and um, he, here we are. Um, look around the country, Ben, and everybody is kind of um, looking at their program, assessing their program, and finding out what they need to do to take the next step. And you know, Tennessee is Tennessee's no different. I think if you are one of those top 15 programs, programs that like you truly have an opportunity to win a championship. You truly do. There are some programs they'll never win a championship in football. It ain't going to happen. The best they could do is nine wins, 10 wins on a special year. They'll never win a championship. But for those other programs that have the resources, it's about finding out how can we get closer? How do we take the next step? Tennessee is one of those programs. A huge step was taken from year one to year two for Josh Heupel. In some ways, you took a step forward, but not in the win-loss column. And that's where most people look. But you were able to bring in another recruiting class, one of one that was your own, one that you had more time to build. You had a chance to strategize and bring in guys in the, that that early enrollees to help them develop quicker. 
So you're further along in in that area. Man, I'll say this, man. I was waiting for Nico to get in there. I'm like everybody else. I want to see him play. But I'm not like everybody else doing the mental gymnastics to try to make myself feel like he needs to go out there versus second team Austin P and second team Yukon to be ready for next year. I, I don't need I don't need for him to do that to be ready. I don't. But man, what I saw on Saturday. <laughs> y'all y'all know he's special, right? Dude is special. I'm I'm gonna tell you why he's special. The the moment I saw him I was like, yeah, he 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 different. Cause I've seen him throw the ball all year long. We see him throw the ball. Pretty release. Quick release. He's accurate. Very accurate. You talk to any Tennessee wide receiver, they will tell you. He's accurate. There's times when he's throwing you the football, and the ball will catch you. You have no choice but to catch it. The ball will catch you. But I don't know if you remember this play, Ben. Tell me if you remember this play. It was a receiver quick screen to the left. And a Vanderbilt defender flashed, jumped the route, flashed, and was in position to pick the ball off. It's not hard to know what Tennessee does in up-tempo offense. You're going to get a sideline to sideline throw. It's going to happen. Nico, in a split second, I mean a half of a split second, saw the defender flash, and instead of delivering an accurate ball that would have been picked off, in that split second, he threw it in the dirt and made sure that he did not throw it backwards lateral because that would have been a fumble. And I was sitting there going, how he react that fast? Like, that was a quick-ass reaction. Like, think about all the times. It happened last night. The Bears, I mean, they run up-tempo offense. All they did was throw the ball from sideline to sideline. It's third and two. What are we doing? That's another conversation for another part of the day. I won't even go there. But like, but they won. Man, whatever. Um, we tanking on purpose. We got we rebuild. The Panthers are the Panthers are tanking for you. Oh yeah, we appreciate the Panthers for sure. Uh, but like, Justin Fields got his pass almost intercepted on some of those screen passes to wide receivers. He's a pro. Did we see Justin Fields react that fast after a defender flash or jumped the screen, receiver screen? Has anyone seen a quarterback all year long react that quick to a defender jumping a screen pass and make a move right then? I haven't. None of Nico's throws all year long impressed me like that throw impressed me. And that's crazy to think of, right? But it was that little subtle 
decision, quick decision that he made to let me know that this dude processes information really quickly. Yes, the the awareness, the football IQ uh, appears to to be there. We'll, we'll we'll see if he can prove that consistently once he gets into the thick of playing better competition next year. Uh, but it, it appears to be there for sure, and and that's something to, to to really be excited about because I do feel like that was something that was lacking at times this year at the quarterback position, just situational uh, awareness. And, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to make it out that Joe just has zero situational awareness because he he didn't turn the football over a ton this year. And if you have zero situational awareness or uh, don't have at least some football IQ, you, you're you're turning the football over on a pretty consistent, regular basis. And, and Joe did not do that this season. But there were some frustrating moments he had over the course of the season where, and it was mostly, I guess, running with the football, uh, at least from what we could tell. There's so much that goes into a passing play that, that we don't know what the responsibilities for, for guys are. So, so maybe it, it happened more frequently uh, in the passing game. But the end result would say that there, there were – there weren't as many laps in judgment as there may have been when he was running the football, running short of the sticks, uh, maybe sliding when he shouldn't have, or or, or just keeping his head down and, and running over a defender, which he, he eventually got to that point. But there were some frustrating moments in his past and early this season where you would have liked to have seen more awareness from your quarterback. And, and I feel like that was something that was really lacking at times throughout the season and, and hurt Tennessee offensively and, and hurt Joe's performance and uh, prevented him at times from being consistent. So uh, that that's a good early sign to me to, to see from Nico because you, you think of Tennessee's most recent successful quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs and Hendon Hooker, and obviously their ability to, to run with the football kind of stands out. But I, I would say that the thing that they do that is most impressive. It's just their awareness and, and their football IQ. They, they just they always seem to make the right play, and, and I I think that there's kind of it that that's part of having that it factor. I feel like just just always being in the right place, always making the right decision, always doing what you're supposed to do, and uh, so far so far so good on that front from from Nico. So obviously want to see him do it uh, in, in a more extended period of time against better competition, but. Those traits seem to be there with Nico early on, and and I think that should get you really excited about him because we haven't even talked about the natural arm talent or or his ability to – it seems like he has great pocket awareness early on in his career and uh, his ability to to get out and extend plays and and ability to run with the football. There's so many great things that he does, but uh, if if that's something that's going to be true and – be constant throughout his career. I mean, I, I think that's as good as anything a quarterback can do. Man, Joe Milton, 22 for 33, 383 yards, would have easily had 425, 440, 450. Uh, easily would have had 450 if guys caught the ball. Would have had five touchdowns in the air if guys would have caught the ball. Um, it was his best day from the pocket. It was his best day throwing the football. Um, and I don't care if it was Vanderbilt. There's been times when we've played better opponents, and the same throws have been there. Same separation 
has been there. And for whatever reason, we did not connect. So I know we're opening, talking about Nico, but that's not to forget about what Joe did from the pocket. And so he finishes his career along with some other seniors on a high note. I got a chance to talk to Aaron Beasley in the post game. Uh, Aaron Beasley is one of my favorite dudes on this team, man. One of my favorite dudes that uh, play here in, in, in a while. Um, he just gets it. He just gets it. Very, very mature. Um, very appreciative of, it, of his time here at, at the University of Tennessee. And, uh, man, I just hope he goes on and has the, the most successful post collegiate career possible. I really do. Uh, I got a chance to talk to McCollin Castles after the game, Ben. Uh, I, he kind of shared the same feelings with me as he shared on the podium about only being here one year. Like, he like he felt the, the love uh, and the family-type environment and the, the, the culture is what impressed him so much and he's been different places, but this is like the first time he really, really felt at home. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool. It, it was really cool. And it, it Saturday was a cool day just in, in general. I, I know this season has been very frustrating uh, and rightfully so it was a disappointing season. Tennessee fell short of expectations. There, there's no way around that. Um, but, it was cool that that Tennessee was able to end the regular season in the manner that it did, in my opinion, uh, because even though some of these seniors had frustrating moments at times and they they played a part in this season being disappointing, they're also the reason why the season is disappointing why the standard has been raised and, and why eight and four now is no longer celebrated. Uh, they, they, they played a, a part in, in elevating the expectations, elevating the standard. They chipped in to help Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt and Byron Young and Darnell Wright last year. Those, those guys that I just mentioned carried a lot of the load last season, but they're not able to go win 11 games and, and beat the teams that they did without the help of the seniors in this senior class as well. So even though this season has not gone according to plan and it did fall short of expectations, uh, the, the, these seniors, I, I think Josh Heupel and his coaching staff owe a lot to, and then I think the fans do as well because they, they played their role in, in getting Tennessee football back to a, a certain extent that they absolutely played a role. And for a lot of those guys to, to have a really cool senior day, it, it was nice it felt like college football again for for an afternoon. Yeah. There's so much now with the transfer portal and NIL and this and that that a lot of the the reason that that we all grew up loving college football and college college athletics it's kind of disappeared a little bit because of that stuff. But on Saturday, it truly felt like it was it was all about the passion of college football, the passion of Tennessee football. Uh, and for those guys like Joe Milton to have a an outstanding day, I mean, he he was terrific, made some really really great throws. Looked like he was just truly having fun out there. Uh, Jacob Warren, who has really been through it all at Tennessee, six seasons, he, he had several great comments to the media uh, going into the game and post game uh, about his time at Tennessee and, and the legacy that he hopes that 
that he helped to leave catching uh, a touchdown. Uh, two of them. Uh, if no, Ramel caught two. I'm sorry. Uh, Jacob Warren caught one, and then the tight end position caught two. McCollin Castles coming over from UC Davis, uh, and, and to hear him uh, talk about how how much joy he had this season, it, it was really cool. Like you mentioned, Swain. You know, I, I feel like sometimes we can take for granted what we get to experience every Saturday. And, and although, like, yes, this season was disappointing for McCollin Castles. This was the best year of his college career, man. Playing at Tennessee and playing in the SEC, playing in Neyland Stadium is different than what he got to experience previously. So, so seeing him be able to go out on a high note, uh, along with Ramel Keaton catching two touchdowns after he, he's had an inconsistent season and and some drops that I know that he would love to have back, that that was really cool. Aaron Beasley having a big senior day as well, and we could go on and on and on about all the seniors who who had a important day uh, in their final game at Neyland Stadium. It was just a really really cool day. Uh, for for Tennessee senior class and and, and well deserved because they, they did help Tennessee get back to this point. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. When you call in, give us your name, where you call from. Uh, when we put you through live, the Betty Chevrolet text box is available for your your comments, your questions. Uh, we will get to those uh, throughout the show. Ben McKee, Go Vols two four seven. I'm Jason Swain. We will be right back. Stay with us. You're listening to the Swain event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men. Men's Healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue. The catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube.
All right, Swain and Vip, Fuel by Dead End Barbecue. Welcome back. Ben McKee, Go Balls 247. I'm Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center Studio. Um, the game was three hours and 50 minutes. I thought they were trying to shorten the games up. The reason why it was three hours and 50 minutes, which I'm, I never want the games to be shortened anyways. But that game took forever. The reason why it took forever is because the officials lost control of the game. Simple and point blank. Something that Tennessee is going to have to do a better job of. We can ignore it. We can downplay it. Because if you're scoring a bunch of points, it's not a big deal. But what if you don't score a bunch of points? What I'm talking about is the penalties. Being at the bottom in the country in penalties, it's not good. There's no way to slice it. There's there's no way to ignore it. It's not good. And it goes back to discipline. It goes back to mental toughness. Uh, We got to be better. The margin of error is slim. One play can determine outcome of a football game. Alabama and Auburn proved that this weekend. So when you're over here giving a team 100 yards and penalties, that makes a big difference. Vandy had 10 penalties. Tennessee had 10 penalties. 20 penalties. That made the game longer. Uh, Their reviews made the game longer. And then you had Royal Rumble 2023 that took place. (laughs) A little (laughs) bit. And um, Clark Lee had every reason to be upset and and mad and get a 15-yard penalty. It stinks that now both Vanderbilt quarterbacks are in the portal. As of yesterday, both of them was like, Mm-mm, I am not playing Tennessee's defensive line again. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No, sir. Vander- v- Vanderbilt is an absolute mess. I mean, it, it's not just the the two transfer quarterbacks. I mean, they, they, they've had several of their key players, for, for what that's worth, uh, to decide to enter the portal. Uh, a, a captain at linebacker, I, I believe, on top of several other guys who, who had been starting. And, and Technically, they were starters on a two and ten football team, but how do you walk that balance of retaining guys and building with those guys, but also trying to flip the roster? And I believe Clark Lee is now what going to be going into his fourth year. Uh, so at this point, like, should you still be flipping the roster even by Vanderbilt standards? And you're having to fire coaches. You're already so far behind in, in the SEC in football. I mean, it, it's outrageous how far Vanderbilt is is behind. I it, It's just really hard to see Vanderbilt ever being consistently competitive again, like truly. I, I know that sounds crazy, but with Oklahoma and Texas coming into the league and, and you're starting to get a sniff of, of how difficult these SEC schedules are, are going to be based off of what Chris Lowe reported last night, like – Vanderbilt playing that schedule and they're already really not committed and, and it's going to be hard to attract coaching talent and player talent 
to to that program that that is not backed. I mean, it's really hard to see Vanderbilt ever being competitive in football. Truly, consistently, maybe they have a season here and there where they win seven or eight games, but I, I don't think I will. I will be stunned if I ever see Vanderbilt play for an SEC championship. But even just consistently getting to a bowl game, it's hard to even envision that happening. Dude, you can take Georgia and Alabama out the SEC. Keep Oklahoma and Texas out of the SEC. And Vanderbilt will still have the same issues. Yep. Uh, it's harder now because of NIL. It's harder now because of the transfer portal. And, man, they don't have a quarterback right now. The reason why they don't have a quarterback is the same reason why the NCAA is dealing with the mess that they're dealing with right now. It's because they failed to address the elephant in the room years ago. They failed to handle and take care of business. And now we're at the point where it's absolute chaos in college football with the transfer portal and NIL stuff is, is not regulated. And so like, it's a, it's a, it's a giant mess. Well, Vanderbilt decided years ago to not take football serious enough. They could have took it serious years ago, but they chose not to. And now it's too late. You can't take it serious now. It is too late. It's a wrap. And so, good luck. Good luck. Tennessee will Tennessee will enjoy that permanent football game, though. Because you're going to get beat worse now. It's going to be harder now uh, for Vanderbilt because players can leave and go get the bag, just like uh, Ray Davis did from from Kentucky. And Will Shepard's next. I mean, we we had uh, on our Go Vols 24-7 game day podcast, I, I interviewed Robbie Weinstein, who covers Vanderbilt for uh, our Vandy 247 site. And I mean, he, he what's that? Y'all got a Vandy 247 site? <laughs> yes, we, we have a Vandy 247 site. And, wow. and Robbie actually does a, a phenomenal job of, of covering the, their, their football, basketball and baseball program. Uh, very well connected over there on West End, and, and he flat out. I was very surprised how how open he was uh, about the situation with with Will Shepard, and maybe it's just that well known over there on West End. Uh, I doubt Robbie would share something publicly that he's not supposed to. But he, I asked him about kind of Vanderbilt being able to retain guys and 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 the Will Shepard situation, and and he just flat out brought up that like Will Shepard and his camp are are, are very unhappy. With, with the targets that, that he is not receiving and, and how few times a game he is getting the football and, and like that, they're disgruntled, the, the Will Shepard camp is. And and that's on top of they're probably firing both coordinators, multiple position coaches. I mean, it, it's just an absolute mess over there. Five targets, two catches. And like Will Shepard is real deal good. Like he he could be next year's Ray Davis in terms of the Vanderbilt player that that leaves Vanderbilt and, and turns into to one of the the best in the SEC at his position. Will, Will Shepard is NFL level good, and I I like their uh, their two receivers. Uh, their their two young receivers. I, I don't have the the depth chart in front of me. I may have it right here, but uh, trust me, details of, are not important. Was well, well, maybe one day if they enter the transfer portal, the details. We don't want no damn important. receivers from Vanderbilt. I, I thought Junior Cheryl, the freshman, 
I I thought he and he's had a nice little season and he scored the touchdown on Saturday. He he's somebody that that I I think has the potential uh to to be really good and, and London Humphreys uh is, as well is the other freshman. They they have two nice little freshman receivers that they, they probably don't finish their career at Vanderbilt but wherever they end up transferring to I I bet you they they turn into really productive college football receivers. Uh, I hope they do, man. I hope they go. And, and right now, with Tennessee's numbers, if they entered the transfer portal and said, "I want to come to Knoxville," why would you say no? Because we can do better. Can you? I, I mean, I again, like, I think they're going to be really good receivers. So, you know, receivers better than I do. Kelsey Pope, Josh Heupel, and Joey Halsley definitely know receivers better than I do, but. Uh, listening to, to some people better, talk and, and seeing what they did on Saturday, like I, I, they're they're better than Vanderbilt receivers. They, they they can go elsewhere and be productive. I don't know where that elsewhere is, but they can certainly go elsewhere and be productive. Right. They can figure it out. Let's go to the phones. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Good morning. Good morning, guys. What's up, Turkey man? Gobble gobble. Hey, gobble gobble. How about that? Hey, I I tell you what. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I sure enjoyed the. Uh, time with Flame Vet family, uh, uh, Dr. Vall and his his wife Starla. Oh yeah, and, I saw uh, where you uh, <laughs> married them, officiated their cool, wedding. Man. It was cool. It was cool. We did up at Townsend on the river, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's a small world how how the uh, Flame Vet family growed and and how we branched out and and uh, all because you guys. Oh well, I won't. I won't take any credit, man. I, it's, it's been y'all connecting well, and you know deciding to to get together, and so. Well, you uh, guys, you got. I mean, dead in barbecue, George. Uh, uh, I think of Seth, and of course Ben, and uh, Charlie, and uh, Golly Day. It just it just keeps growing, and uh, uh, I, I I really. Brad. I really enjoy you guys, and I appreciate you and your family. Thank you, and, man. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, I'm going to ask a quick question. A couple. Uh, number one, you you touched on it. The officials. That what happened Saturday, and what's happened a lot of Saturdays has been the officials' fault. I mean, if you've got a uh, offside or or uh, uh, offensive uh, penalty that should stop the clock, you need to. T- Step in and stop the clock. Those, all those was was after uh, it should have been dead. They they should have stepped in and stopped the play. And uh, it it just looked like it just halfway doing their job half the time. And uh, I, I put it all on their shoulders uh, for that hit late hits. The other question on on, on that you just talk about Vanderbilt's uh, quarterback uh, going in transfer portal. What kind of uh, quarterback would uh, Josh be looking for in the transfer portal this year? As uh, uh, we know that probably Nico would get the get the start, but we see how that uh, fragile that a quarterback he can be sometimes. Look at at the injury we've had in the past, so we can really need a sound backup or one that maybe could. Uh, you never know when injuries going to come and how dire it be one that would be able to play in in place, or do we have that already there? Uh, I was wondering about that because it's important that uh, you have a, uh, as we see Ohio State 
few years back, you remember that. And we're going to be in a 12, 12 man or 12 team playoff, new, new environment for all of us. Uh, but I was thinking along that lines, what kind of quarterback would you get or go after in the portal uh, as a backup or whatever needed? And uh, I'm going to get off and listen, guys. All right, Tucker, man. Good, good day. Good to hear from you. Uh, I think Tennessee needs to get a, a quarterback that uh, understands that he's going to be the backup. Uh, Tennessee needs to get a quarterback that maybe, and, and maybe this is the only way you can get a, a, a veteran who understands they're going to be a backup. Maybe they want to be a coach. And maybe getting teamed up with Josh Heupel and uh, a career after playing in, in, the, in the coaching field is something they want to do. Uh, but like, a Max Johnson type would be perfect. I don't know if Max Johnson is looking to be a backup first, uh, you know, just coming in knowing he's going to be a backup. I don't know if that's something he wants to sign up for, but someone like that would be perfect because you're going to have a red shirt freshman or whatever you want to call him. Um, Nico is first time being a starter. And then you're going to have what, 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 what you want to say, Ben? Go ahead. I said faster. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you'll have Nico who making making his first time starting, and then you will have Jake Merklinger who will be a true freshman. Uh, Gaston Moore walked on Senior Day, and so who knows what he's going to do. But if I'm Gaston Moore, hey man, I, I look at him and Kenan Peely all kind of the same, like. You want to stay in college another year? I mean, what are they going to do? Don't you want to? Don't you want to? Something else. But college, being able to play college football is is a blessing, man. It, it it's it doing that an extra year is far better than dealing with all all these adult problems we got to deal with. Well, you got they don't know that, yet. Yes, keep it that way. Yeah, they don't, but they don't know that yet. Like TK Junior. Could have tried to get another year, but his body was be- was beat up. It was just some for some guys. It's just time to move on. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Sometimes it's, it's time to move to, on. And so, them, like, Peter Peely is married and stuff. So, like, I don't know if that's the case with Gaston Moore or, or any other, you know, senior that's been in college for, for forever. But like, the point is, Turkey Man's question about getting a quarterback from the transfer portal. You need a veteran backup because the last thing you don't the last thing you want is Nico gets hurt and then you go to a true freshman that's that's not what you want so yeah the problem is it's going to be really difficult to to find the the right person uh, yeah I mean you have to, to I mean it, it's weird like you have to find somebody that's okay with being the backup which is weird to say out loud and and you don't necessarily want to bring somebody into the program with that mindset, I would think. What did Lane Kiffin I, I, say to his quarterbacks when he's recruiting? Like, what did he say to you know Spencer Sanders to get him go to yeah. Ole Miss? I mean, that, that's, that's a great question, that, and yeah, yeah that, that's a, a great question. I, I'm sure there's obviously somebody out there. I mean, Gardner Minshew was about to go to Alabama and and be the backup to would that have been Bryce Young at the time? I, I can't remember who the the Bama quarterback was at the time, but. He he was he was going from ECU to Alabama to to be the the backup, 
and, and wait his turn in case something crazy happened in the game, like an injury. And then Mike Leach called him at the last second, and, and he went out to Washington State. You're, you're going to have to find a veteran. Max Johnson is is the perfect example. Um, you're you're going to have to find somebody with a little bit of experience who is is not a not going to be a starting quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke. It it's not him. It it's not Will Rogers. I mean, if they wanted to be a backup, that'd be awesome. But I doubt that those guys are going to settle for for being a backup. So uh, I, I I do think if they can, they, they need to bring somebody in. I, I just think it's going to be really really difficult to to do so because guys want to they want to play and they want to get paid in the NIL era of these quarterbacks getting paid through through the portal. And you you look at Tennessee's depth chart and on one hand, like yeah, you can think okay, if I go there, if, if I'm the backup, I'm I'm one snap away. But also. Nico, if he doesn't get hurt, like he's playing the entire year unless something goes terribly wrong. Uh, so, and then you're not going to get a guy with multiple years because not only is Nico going to be here multiple years, but we're not too far away from George McIntyre, the 2025 five star quarterback, making a decision. And if he ends up picking Tennessee, like you're going to have Nico on the field already, and then George McIntyre coming in behind him you're not going to get a guy with multiple years of eligibility as well so that Tennessee stuck between a rock and a hard place at that quarterback position and, and backup quarterback position and and if they can bring somebody in then that'd be great but man is it going to be difficult to do so yeah we'll see let's see let's get to the phones and then we will uh take a time out and get back and go to the text box the Bay Chevrolet text box good morning Kinka Key, stand up. What's up, man? What's going on? Doing all right? Let the people yeah, know. I'm doing. Let the people know where you call it yeah. from. Yeah, it's your boy, DZ in Milwaukee. It's a balmy 14 degrees this morning. Uh, uh, uh. Nah, you can keep that. Man, I already, I already had to turn the heat up a little bit even more this morning. Man, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good 30, 31 right now down, down <laughs> here on, on Rocky Top, and I don't. I don't think I was going to ever meet somebody that knew where Kankakee, Illinois, was, and um, I finally did it. Thirty nine years old. So, <laughs> what's up? What's up, man? What's on your mind today, man? Just cooling out, man. I, it's been a it's been a great uh, first half hour of the show. So I decided I wanted to call in. Uh, Swain, you had me cracking up. Make you you were making the same faces that I was making when Ben was trying to sell us on these Vanderbilt wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't ben, say ben, ben might be right as far as him being good, better than Vanderbilt. Like he's a better player than than, than Vanderbilt. Like he should be, be at a better place. But that right. don't mean I want him. I don't want I anybody you. from Vanderbilt. You don't know whether you want him or not. I don't want anybody from Vanderbilt, Ben. <laughs> And you don't, and you don't want Will Shepard? I don't want anybody from Vanderbilt. You either. don't want Will Shepard? I think we can get better players. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Will Shepard is a baller, but it's just that. Will Shepard's a that, baller. Yeah, he is. I don't he want is. Anybody from Vanderbilt. I'm with you. It's that Vanderbilt stink. And I understand why. Ben, take uh, first. Uh, I don't want any. Ben, there's a difference. I don't want anybody from Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I get that, but if they can help you win, they can't. There's other people that can help us win. 
<laughs> I want winners. I, want, I don't want losers, Ben. I want winners. My, my, my main point was that Tennessee needs to add at the receiver position in the portal. I'm sorry, Will Shepard. You, you are good, man. It's just that you play at Vanderbilt. Yeah, seriously. Um, question. What happened with um, with Stoops in Texas A&M? Did he get cold feet? Is the job too big for him? Or did, uh, did Calipari put a call in and decided to donate some money to the football program? What, what, what I, I have no idea you got Shiano. why. You got shiano Was that from te- on Texas A&M side, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, like he, he, he was ready to leave. He was, he was ready to leave, according to reports. And... Um, Folks at AM was like, no, we not hiring no damn Mark Stoops. <laughs> <laughs> we not hiring Mark Stoops. Squash that now. And wow. um Stoops had to kind of walk it back and pretend like, oh yeah, I mean, I, I want to be here. I, I want to be here the whole time. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm here. Yeah, you 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 there because folks at AM said no when their AD tried tried to hire it. Stoops. And I feel bad for Stoops. I really do. For some, like, I like Stoops, honestly. Uh, I love the way he comes out and just tells you how he feels. The way he was leaning back after getting drugged by Georgia and was like, y'all, DZ, y'all remember that? He was leaning back in his, in his, in his, on his coaching show. He was like, I mean, what'd you expect me to do? We got no players. We need some money. Send me some money. That's why we, I hear getting smashed. And it was the realest comment ever. It's not one you should make, but like it was, it was real. And like, right. uh, you know, I appreciate that transparency. Um, so I kind of, I kind of like it, but yeah, he got Shiano, man. He got Shiano. Wow. Well, that's, that's good for Tennessee. You just keep curb stopping them every year or every four out of five years, whatever it is. But I, I just thought it was a crazy turn of events. You know, within hours, like it, it didn't even happen overnight. It just, it just seemed like it happened within hours that, yep. you know, folks like Pete Thamel or whoever were saying, "Oh, he's definitely the next coach." And then, you know, by, by one a.m., everything had come to a screeching halt. So I just thought it was kind of crazy and wasn't really sure on whose side, you know, who really made the decision to to not go through with it, but. um I think Mike Elko is a good coach. I'm not sure how his profile is any higher than Stoops, to be honest. But I mean, Max. Texas A&M the, the has only the money, difference. So. The only difference between Elko and Stoops is that right now Elko has been at Duke for two years, so his perceived trajectory is pointed upwards, while Stoops' perceived perceived trajectory is stagnant. Uh, like Elko's a, a little more of the new flavor of the month because he just got to Duke, whereas Stoops has been at Kentucky forever. That that's the only difference between the two, and and why everybody's okay with Elko, but wasn't okay with Stoops. Which I I like Elko, but like I don't I don't see the difference between him and Stoops. I I think Stoops would have been a good hire for A and M. I think Stoops is a, a good football coach, limited at Kentucky because Kentucky don't care about football, and that's why Stoops wants to leave and, and get up out of there. So I, I I thought it I thought it was funny how they didn't want Stoops, but they sure did quickly talk themselves into 
to Mike Elko. And to me, it's because he's more of the new flavor of the month and has only been at Duke for two seasons. Mr. Sumner. And, and DZ, man, appreciate you. Good to hear from you. Um, Thank you, man, for the phone call. Do you got to stay warm up there? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, man, send us when 15 degrees. I, I don't I don't ask for much. No. Just 15 degrees. I'm cool at 40, man. I'm yeah, cool at 40. You can have that. <laughs> All right, take it easy, my man. All right, y'all have a good one. Love. You, you missed one point about Elko. He he was at A&M. They know him. So they're familiar with him. They don't know stoops like that. They don't know yeah. him. What they also do know is that Elko, in two years at Duke, has done a better job developing a quarterback than Stoops in his whole entire time at Kentucky. Has not recruited and developed a quarterback. All he's done is get quarterbacks from the portal. Yeah. And you got to think about all the players they currently have on their on their squad that all can hit the transfer portal. You can't just be hiring anybody. You got to hire somebody that's going to help keep players there. And Elko, who was once a defense coordinator, who was a damn good defense coordinator there, which is why he got the Duke job, he's going to probably do a better job of keeping the roster together and keeping recruiting together more than Stoops. So, I mean, I I like I get the, the line of thinking. I do think Stoops has a um, you know, larger body of work, but I, I just go ahead. I think Stu. I, I think Stu's would have been a a good hire. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you said about Elko, and I, I think Elko is a, a good hire as well. I, I'm I'm just failing to to see the difference um, b- between Stoops and and Elko. I, I don't think it's that that big of a difference i i think stoops would have been just as as good of a hire i think mark stoops is not in tier one of college football coaches obviously but i i think he's one of the top 15 top 20 coaches in america i I think mark stoops is is really really good and 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 is handicapped by being at kentucky uh and, and why you've seen stoops try to get out the last couple of years he tried to get the lsu drive he tried to get the auburn job uh, LSU and Auburn both flirted with Stoops, I believe, and Stoops obviously wanted to get out and, and go to A&M and, and play with all those resources, and, and if I think he had A&M's resources, I don't know if he's national championship winning good because there are questions with Stoops. There's no doubt about that. You you make a good point about the quarterback thing. He, he, he's been, been unable to, to develop one out of uh, the high school ranks to this point, um, but I also know that he is a good recruiter. His players love playing for him. He he consistently has a good culture. Uh, his defenses are typically great defenses, especially for them being at Kentucky. Uh, and, and if he can be the the nice CEO, and if and if he can pluck NFL coaches away from the NFL to bring to Kentucky, what could he do at A and M? What offensive coaches could he bring to A and M while he worries about the defense and being the CEO of a program? I, I think if you placed Stoops at a, a place that has resources like a a&M or an Auburn or an LSU. I don't know if he's going to go win a championship, but I know he's going to win a heck of a lot more than than Jimbo. I, I know that. 
I think Stoops is a better coach than Jimbo. So I, I thought the the reaction was weird. I, I think people were were caught up on the logo on the side of the helmet when when looking at Stoops and, and thinking, oh, we're ain't in. We can't hire Kentucky's coach. They Kentucky's hired coach Duke's is coach, really, really good. Man, they hired Duke's coach. Yes, because I think he was been there. I don't, if Elko had not been there before, is the reaction the same? But that's the biggest. But that's the big difference, though. You said you don't. Yeah, like I know. I said I recognize the big that. Big difference I, I is Elko was already there. Elko Elko has a relationship with a ton of people there. He's going to hold the recruiting class together. He's going to hold the roster together. That's a huge difference. Huge yes, difference. Stoops, Stoops. Stoops didn't deserve the Shiano treatment. Why not? And it was acting like the like they were about to hire Greg Schiano. They was they, they, they was acting like they was not hired, Greg Schiano. No, they was acting like they was about to hire somebody they didn't want. <laughs> that, shit, that's but they were they were they didn't want him because they don't think he's a good football coach, and that's not the case. No, they don't want him because it's not a good fit at the right time. Well, Elko's I, a better fit for what A and M, the position that A and M is in right now. We'll see. That's that's why they want him, because you got dudes like Evan Stewart who ain't even been around the program. You got Walter Nolan and all these studs that you don't want to lose. You don't want to lose players because you got to have players to win. I I get all that, but I mean, just like Vol fan on the text box, what has been smoking Stoops's record against SEC opponents is thirty five and fifty five, fourteen and eleven the last two years. He's at Kentucky, Kentucky. He took what Vanderbilt is now and turned Kentucky into a consistent winner by Kentucky football standards. Give him Texas A&M or Auburn or LSU's resources, and his record is not that. Like I don't, I don't understand what's so why it's so hard for people to understand. Yeah, this. I agree with him. He he is limited. He has plateaued because Kentucky football is garbage. Kentucky football is not Kentucky basketball. That's why Stoops' record is what it is. At the end of the day, he's had more success than anybody in the history of Kentucky football. He had two 10-win seasons. Whether it was a soft schedule or not, he still won the football games that he was presented with. He's at Kentucky. That's why his record is. His record record isn't his record because he's a bad football coach. He's a great football coach, limited because he's at Kentucky, and a school like Auburn, LSU, or A&M hasn't quite pulled the trigger on him yet. And when they do, he's going to go win there. Watch. I'll stand on that island alone. Y'all can think I'm dumb. Y'all can think I'm smoking. I'm standing on the island that Mark Stoops is a daggum good football coach. Yeah, I don't think you're standing on the island alone. About, about it Stoops feels being, like I am about Stoops being a good football coach. Like no, his record is a record, and his record is the way it is because he's at Kentucky. Uh, that's that's pretty clear. But the the point between Elko and Stoops, there's a reason, a clear reason why Elko to them was a better fit at the time than Stoops, and it, to I me. It doesn't have anything to do with who coached longer and who's a better coach. It's about Elko being able to keep this roster together and he has relationships and they know him. Like they, he was there already. So it was easier to bring him back than to bring a coach back, uh, down there, whether it's fair or unfair to bring up Stoops' record. His record is his record. And you know he's not flawless as a coach. He got some some pimples, um, some warts. He he's got an out coach 
uh, several times that I've seen, but yeah, he's at, he's at Kentucky. So you can't look at Stoops record and determine if he's a good coach or not. He's a good coach, but A&M, I thought made that hire because they felt like Elko was a better fit. And I agree. I think Elko was a better fit for them right now. Right now. Stoops, it's Stoops damn fault that he's in this position. He should have left three years ago. Yeah. He should have left three years ago. It's his fault. It's his fault. He, and I don't know where he's going to go now. Um, he might go to Iowa. He's from, he's a, he's an Iowa alum. You right. know, if, if Kurt Ferentz stepped down, then that would be a, a, a natural fit there. But I don't know how it's much. just a matter of time before he leaves. There, there's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah. he, he's been ticked off about the, the NIL stuff for is what documented on, on, on that end. But, uh, yeah, he could have. Should have left two years, two, two, three years ago. Should have left. That's his yeah. fault. And he will at some point. 865-255-03. We'll go back to the Beatty Chevrolet text box, BeattyChevrolet.com. Ben McKee, Go Voss 247. I'm Jason Swain. Be right back. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. 
medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like the show on Facebook. Big shout-out to Tennessee running back Jalen Wright. A thousand yards on the season. Insane. Insane efficiency from Jalen Wright. You look at his carries. You look at his touchdowns. It's not what you would think you would see when you see a running back from the SEC eclipse 1,000 yards. My man was over seven yards per carry. <laughs> In the SEC, it's crazy. Crazy when you think about that. But Question. Yes. In hindsight, do you think the running back rotation should have been handled differently? Nope. Uh, you say nope. Why not? Um, why, why, why should I? Why should Jalen Wright not have touched the football more? Why should Dylan Sampson have not touched the football more? That's my thought process behind asking that question. You got, but you got three running backs who are, who are all capable. Uh, they bring different parts of the game. Um, you had an offensive line early in the season that wasn't run blocking like they were at the end of the season. I know, you know, people um, see Dylan Sampson with the ball in his hands and, and what he was able to do uh, versus Kentucky and um, another game. But does he does he pass block as good as Jalen Wright and Jabari Small? Can we sit no. there and say that he he's a better pass blocker right now? No. So that's why. When you have an offensive line that was struggling to protect you early in the season, um, it makes it that much more important to have a running back in there that you can that you can trust the most to pass block. And, and listen, on Joe's touchdown throw to to Jacob Warren, you had Gerald Mincy and Jabari Small <laughs> missed a block that Joe did a great job of sidestepping the defender and delivering that football. So I'm not trying to say that the older 
running backs always blocked their man um, perfectly. But I'm putting myself in the shoes of the running back coach. And I understand how important pass blocking is. Like, when you used to go to, to practice, when Bush Jones was here, and Robert Gillespie was working with the running backs, every single day they did the most boring drill in individuals. What they did was working on pass blocking down to the fine details of getting your elbows in and sliding and hitting a pad. This is before they even touched the football. And that's why guys like Jalen Hurd was so great as a young player. Al Kabarrett was really good. Like We didn't have a problem with running backs pass blocking. And it's also why Robert Gillespie has climbed the ladder and is at Alabama now. Because Robert Gillespie is arguably the best running back coach in the country. But pass blocking matters. If you only get caught up in what the player does with the football, especially a running back, then you will never truly understand that it's more than that. It's about pass blocking too. So do I think that Small and Wright are better pass blockers? Probably, yeah. Do I think Dylan Sampson has improved uh, a ton from last year to this year? Absolutely. Do I think Dylan Sampson in any game should be forgotten about and not play? Absolutely not. And that happened once this year. Um, but I don't have a problem with the rotation. I mean, just to answer the question, I don't have a problem with the rotation. And next year, Dylan Sampson's RB1. He's RB1. He'll be stronger. He'll be better as a pass blocker. He'll be uh, even more confident. He has leadership qualities. He should be one of those guys that we're talking about as and being one of the leaders of this offense. Like Dylan Sampson is primed for Jalen Wright type of year this year, depending on how he handles this offseason. And I know his social media posts. Y'all can get all worried and worked up about that if you want to. But that post reminded me of Jalen Wright's post last year. Subtweeting. Show me my money. Subtweeting and 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 you know, passive aggressive tweet. It's not my cup of tea, but that's what that's what you got to do to to get your bag. You got to create some fear. Fear of leaving so that way you can, you know, get your NIL money. Hey, that's that's what's going on. Do what you got to do, get your money. It's not my preference of of how to handle things. I just suggest you just go straight to the to the bank and say, "Yo, this this is what I need, man. I know I know y'all see me balling this past season. I was balling. I need y'all to take care of me." But maybe maybe that's a process that um, you know he'll grow into, and you know he'll do that. But I don't think Dylan Sampson's going anywhere. I'm a huge Dylan Sampson fan. I think uh, he'll be RB one next year, and um, all will be good. Yeah, I, I just I'm not saying that he needed to be out there every single play this year, uh, and and I agree with what you're saying. He is not as good in pass pro as Jabari Small or Jalen Wright, but it still feels like they could have put him in situations to, to get the football in his hands more than they did. Uh, and, and also, I mean, I, th- I think the biggest part of the question I asked you was more about just Jalen Wright. Like, I mean, that that guy is... You can make the case that he's the best running back in the SEC. He might be the best running back in the SEC. He's certainly in the conversation 
and, and to to see some of the the carries that that he had in each game. And, and again, this is Monday morning quarterback in and in hindsight, looking back on it after the season. Uh, I mean, he he. It just seems like maybe when you have that type of talent and you're struggling to find playmakers the ball elsewhere within the offense or, or find other playmakers to get the ball in the offense, maybe you should have used Jalen Wright a little bit more instead of being so gung-ho and dead set on splitting the carries evenly. Using, using Jalen Wright more? Yes. I don't. I don't feel like for as good as he is. I don't feel like they they maybe gave him the ball as much as they should have at times. There, there were times. I mean, just like I think George is the the perfect example. Breaks off that tremendous run to start the game, and then like you don't see him again until midway through the second quarter. Like I, I don't understand how that's that that should be a thing. And and I understand that all three running backs are capable. I completely agree with that. I, I just think Jalen Wright clearly separated himself to, to where maybe you, you shouldn't have been as dead set on splitting the, the reps as evenly as they did. Wait. So he wanted Dylan Sampson to get more carries, more reps, but the reason why he didn't get more is because we do have three capable running backs who – these these coaches feel comfortable going in. And I understand, like, you want to grow with the guy with the hot hand in that Georgia game. Jalen Wright proved that, obviously, he, he had the hot hand early. Hot hand early. Um, but that's, I mean, that's why. Like, that's why you didn't see Jalen Wright as much as maybe you thought you should have because they do have trust in those three backs. Um, equally, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know equally, but like Jalen Wright wasn't in there. So guy like Jabari Small, you, you throw in, you know, he's going to, you know, pass, protect. He knows where he's going. He's going to you know, run hard. I think it's easy to kind of look back and go, yeah, man, this guy should have more carries. This guy should have had less. Um, and I, that, I think that's fine to do, but I personally, okay with the, with the rotation. Um, and I, I, I guess I'm I'm trying to be nice about saying like I, I kind of wish we would have seen more Jalen Wright and, and Dylan Sampson than than we did Jabari Small. And, and I'm not at all trying to to put Jabari Small down when I say that, because, again, I think he is very capable of of I mean, he did good things this season. I, I'm not trying to say he had a bad season. I, I just think this type of season when you're searching uh, for 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 more game changing explosive plays, you have two guys that can potentially provide those game changing explosive plays that can spark the offense. Maybe use those guys more than the steady Eddie guy. And again, I'm not at all trying to make this into something it, it's not. We've talked about this longer than than I intended to when I asked you the the question. It, it's just like Grant Ramey on Twitter yesterday or Sunday since Jalen surpassed the thousand yard mark kind of laid out how many carries Jalen had in each game this season. And, and it was lower than you would expect for somebody who had a thousand yards. And then that's more so why I posed the question, not to necessarily criticize the coaching. Cause I, I don't think it was coaching malpractice or something like that. It wasn't Bush Jones and Alvin Kamara level coaching decisions. I'm, I'm not at all trying to suggest that uh, it, it was just more of a, 
an interesting thought that I had because you look at, again, Jalen Wright's carries per game, and it's not what you think that they would be for somebody who who rushed for a thousand yards and, and rushed the ball so efficiently, like you said. If I'm Jalen Wright, I, I'm saying thank you. Yes, but we're talking from the Tennessee perspective. Yeah. Uh, Jabari Small had 95 carries on the year. Samson had 86 carries on the year, and Jalen Wright had 137. So, I mean, he had 40 plus, 40 more carries in uh, those other two guys, which I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with. But, I, I mean, I get it. You got a stud. You look at Cody Schrader. All the carries. Ride him. All the carries. But you got better backups. You got a better rotation uh, with Tennessee running backs than, uh, than, than Missouri. Um, so, no problem with me. Uh, Count says, do you think the penalties can be attributed to an overall lack of discipline in the program? Hypo teams have historically been highly penalized. Thanks. It's really weird, though. Because you usually see undisciplined show up off the football field. Off the football field. And then it carries over on the football field. But Hypo hasn't had that problem here where guys, we had a little something here and there, but like nothing serious. And I mean, it's, it's, it's an issue. It's just no way around it. Uh, penalties are a form of, of lack of discipline. And you got to address those if you're looking to make the next step. Now, here's where Nelson had a really good point. And I failed to mention this, and I'm glad Nelson mentioned it. Nelson says, my biggest issue with Dylan's post, he is someone the team looks at as a leader. How can you effectively lead when you're doing stuff like this? 100%. Yeah, you, it, it's, it's, it's not the best move to do that. Like Joe, Joe had to get his NIL taken care of from last year to this year. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a starter, man. Went from a backup role to a starting role. He's on billboards this year. His NIL had to be taken care of as a starting quarterback in Tennessee. But whether Joe is a leader or not a leader or whatever is irrelevant in this in this um, example. He just didn't go public with his desire to make more money. And you don't have to always say something public. So I, I totally disagree with the Samson post approach. I think he's someone that is mature enough. He has the respect of his coaching staff to just go in and talk to whoever he needs to talk to and say, yo, I need a bigger bat. So Nelson is right. It, it, it I've been surprised by the approach, that approach that, that you all are discussing because you, you – you watch Samson on game day and during practice and interact with teammates, speak to the media, and it's just not what you would expect for him to, to do on social media. Not not saying that it's like some huge character fall or 
sound the alarm or yeah. he's a hypocrite or anything like that. But it, it is, I've been surprised to see the social media stuff based off of what you see off of social media, which, which is more important. Yeah. I, I was surprised, honestly, when I saw it. But that very moment, I was like, yeah, he just, you know, trying to, trying to get the bag. And I just don't feel like he needed to do that to get it. I, I feel like he has the respect to just go in and just say what you need to say and handle it. Or if you need an agent to do it for you, fine, whatever. But like, I didn't think that post was, was necessary. I was, I was a little disappointed, honestly. Um, Jeff Moore says, I'm with you. Ben says, I'm with you on the stoops take, but I don't want one damn football player from Vandy. I don't even want their good scrubs. Which brings me to a, a question that I believe Nelson and, and Jackson uh, brought up. Y- y- y'all didn't enjoy watching Gay Judy Lally this season? He's from, he's from BYU. He, he has his degree from Vanderbilt where he spent three years and then one year at BYU. Okay. He, he, he from BYU. And he started the season as a backup. I, well, what's funny on a separate note, I don't even think he lists BYU in, uh, in his Twitter bio, which I, I think is funny in hindsight. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, he says, uh, ATX made Vanderbilt alumnus quarterback at the university of Tennessee. Nothing about BYU. He contributed this season, not an all SEC corner, but he contributed. He yeah. came from Vandy by yeah. way of BYU. Yep. He, he wasn't Gabe, Gabe Judy Lally's that, that player on Sunday Night Football when doing the intros that, that doesn't say it's college, but says it's high school. He he says Vanderbilt instead of BYU. Right. It, it, the Vanderbilt football team sure was loving up on Gabe Judy Lally after the game on Saturday, too. Hey, man, that he has relationships with them. But let's not act like we we turned a Vanderbilt, a former uh, a, a Vanderbilt transfer. We took a player from Vanderbilt and he was our starter from the get go. No, 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 no. We had injuries at corner. Gabe did a good job coming in. Um, you know, I I prefer corners that 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 can play a little bit more man. Um, we need. To get more of those guys in here, I think we have some young players in here that can play. That can play, man. We got to get our secondary shirt up. I thought Gabe Judy played well. He did what he was asked to do, and um, they played him towards his strengths. And his strengths include being a zone corner and being right place, right time, and um. You know, being a good teammate and a good locker room guy, don't have to worry about anything about, like Gabe did his job, 100%. Would you have, on a serious note, because this has all been a joke, obviously, I don't know why this is being taken so seriously when it's pretty clear that we've been joking about this all show long, uh, but would you, on a serious note, would you have preferred to have seen Gabe, Judy, Lally return next season? He, he went through senior day's festivities on, on Saturday and uh, he does technically have the COVID year in, in which he could return it. And just because he went through senior day festivities doesn't mean that he is for sure leaving. Um, but just, like, would just like, like it doesn't mean that, that Cooper Mays is 100% coming back just because he didn't. 
Yes. So, absolutely. so we now, understand that too. Yes, absolutely. Now, I would say that I, I think that is more indicative of future plans than going through the T. I, I think not participating is more telling than participating. But yes, just because he or Spragans or, or a couple of those others didn't, that doesn't mean that they are 1000% coming back. I, 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 that that's a good point for sure. Would you like to see Gabe Judy Lally come back? Uh, or, or would you like to see Tennessee turn it over to Christian Conyer, Jordan Matthews, Ricky Gibson, uh, their, their young corners or, or try to add a different corner out of the portal? I want good players who are experienced that want to sit in the front of the bus and drive the bus and lead better to come back. If if you a senior and you have the ability to come back, but you ain't gonna lead, you don't you ain't willing to lead, you should go on about your business. Because this program to take the next step, needs talented, experienced leaders. Not dudes just sitting in the back seat. Mm-mm. We had too much of that this past year. Too much of guys just sitting there, just riding when they needed to lead. And so I don't want those guys back. I do want talented players who are good players, who are good humans that um, they're willing to lead and get out of the comfort zone and have some ownership. You can have both. You can have NIL, but you can also have a appetite to go out there and win and get more money. What's, what's better than a lot of money? A lot more money. Okay, you got some NIL. Cool. You can get more money when you go to the NFL. You can combine the two. And guess what you can do with more money? You can help more people with more money. Because with a little bit of money, it's just about you. But with a lot more money, it's about you and others. You can help more people. So get your bag in, in, uh, in college with NIL, but keep your same hunger, your same appetite. So that way, when you get to the league, you have more money. You can help more people. So, sorry, Ben, to answer your question uh, a little bit more simply. Simply, I would say, yeah, man. Gabe, love me some Gabe, Judy Lolly. But at the same time, I want a fierce competition at corner. I want a fierce. I want those young players to push the older players. That's what I want. Which I, I, I do think if, if Gabe did come back, I, I do think you would have that. I, I think Ricky Gibson and Jordan Matthews and Christian Conyers, I, I think they would they would push um, Gabe Judy Lally and, and some of those other veterans that, that could potentially uh, be back. I, I do think that would happen. I, I don't think that, that Jordan Matthews and, and Ricky Gibson and, and the young guys aren't competitive and and would not push uh, i really like ricky gibson small sample size love this season but he looks gibson. like he's gonna be good for tennessee love ricky gibson yes uh another secondary question uh, i'm throwing you all the the up and in fastballs t- today w- would you like to see Danico slaughter back at safety next year or 
do you want him to to keep trying to rock out at, at corner? I, I think that's another big question. Assuming Danico comes back, I guess he does have the ability if he wants to to go to the next level. I, I think it would benefit him. My belief is that it would benefit him to to come back, play safety, raise his draft stock. He was he was banged up this year, and I think that hampered his play. But I, I just think he's more of a, a safety, and if he can prove over the course of the season uh, of put good safety tape on tape, then then I think his draft stock would be higher after next season. I mean, he was in position a lot uh, at, at corner. Um, obviously, he had the toe, and he's a hitter. I, I do like him at safety. Uh, I do uh, more than corner. So yeah, I would like to see him, um, you know, play play some safety, hundred uh, percent. Clay on the text box says, did you all listen to the interview where Cooper said he wasn't going through senior day? He sounded off to me. I don't think he'll transfer, but I didn't get the vibe. He was excited to come back. Uh, no, I did not listen to the interview. Uh, I don't need to listen to the interview um, to give you some insight here. Um, I saw... S- the comments, people talking about it and assuming Cooper was like, was going to do one thing because of what he, what he said, uh, during the interview. Cooper did not go through senior day. That doesn't mean that he is 1000% coming back. Cooper could still leave. I don't think he leaves to go to another school or anything like that, but he can leave and go to the league. NIL is going to be important. Cooper is one of the most valuable players on the team. Cooper knows that. If you are a valuable asset to your company, aren't you going to try to capitalize off that monetarily? I know. I get it. It's not the college football that you are used to, that you love. I understand. I know what you're thinking already. But this says this is not your college football anymore. This is a business now. So if you Cooper and while you were out, the offensive line obviously struggled without you. You didn't have a backup center. You thought it was going to be Addison Nichols. He wasn't ready. You had to move Ollie Lane to center and then move somebody else to, to guard Andrew Carrick. You obviously were not prepared without Cooper. Cooper knows he has value. You got to pay Cooper. <laughs> you you got to pay Cooper, all right? And so yes. if, if, if maybe you ain't willing to pay him what he think he is valued at, he has an option, but don't assume just because he didn't go through senior day that he's just going to automatically come back because there are other doors. That's how I yes. look at Cooper May's situation. I, I I do as well, but allow me to play devil's advocate for just a moment. Cool. Cooper May is a, a, a very, very good center. Uh, when he has been available, he's been one of the best centers in the SEC, and, and he makes a world of difference up front along the offensive line for Tennessee. There is no doubt about that. He, he, Him returning from injury this year and watching the offensive line take a huge step forward, that proved his value alone. Mm-hmm. 
but but yeah he he has a, a pretty lengthy injury history as well he he, he it, it's hard for him to to stay healthy at least it has been over the course of his career for for most of it or a, a larger chunk than than he would have obviously have liked it to have been even on on Saturday against Vanderbilt uh I believe it was an ankle injury. You're on the sideline. Don't know it, if you had more context a, on that. It was a it was a lower body extremity. Okay, but had to leave the game early. Didn't return. Could probably could have returned. Um, okay, fair. Vanderbilt return. Cooper has missed time because of a procedure. Um, but other than that, has he missed any time due to injury? I I believe so. Or early in, or one one of the previous seasons, he missed some time. I can't recall him missing any time. I recall him playing playing hurt, which maybe that's if you're a football that's player. Hard. That happens. Like you gonna you gonna play hurt? Yeah, maybe so. Well, and then maybe that ends the the devil's advocate part of the conversation because I I was gonna say like if I I do think there's a little bit of a, a risky in, investment involved uh, just because it. Uh, it, let me, it feels let, like let me stop he you. Here, here's your angle you should be taking on your if you want to play devil's advocate. How many centers are drafted every year? Not, a, Not ton, a ton. Okay, Cooper is a smaller center. Okay, so Cooper could here's what he could do: he could transfer, he could go to the NFL. He could be done with football, period. Or he could come back. Okay? Those like those are the four options. He did not do senior day, which means football is in his future. So that's three options. It's transfer. And that's an option for anybody, right? Anybody can transfer. Come back or play in the next level, play at the league. Don't think he's transferring. So that's two. Come back, go to the league. Well, if you're Cooper, you have some leverage. You're important, you're valuable. You want you want to be compensated, but how much are you really willing to push that envelope and, and and possibly go to the league if you don't get what you want? Because I don't know how much leverage Cooper really has when it comes to using the NFL to scare whoever that you gonna leave. Because I don't know where Cooper would be drafted in the NFL because of the injury this year with the hernia hernia, and then his size. There's not a lot of centers drafted anyways. So in all likelihood, you're going to be drafted super low if not drafted it at all. And so that's something that you have to take in consideration if you, if you are Cooper, like, Again, I've, I've said it before, Cooper should be taken care of. He should get a nice bag. But you're not a quarterback. <laughs> like, like 
there's there's quarterback bread and there's everybody else. Okay? Like if you a non-quarterback and you expecting to get close to quarterback bread, I feel like you got to be like a, a edge rusher Jordan or Addison. a tackle, you know, like a like like you got to be you got to be like one of them dudes that Jared Verse that could go to the NFL and be a second third round pick. Like those are the guys you got to pay for a lot a lot for because they're turning down millions to come back because they're going to be a high draft pick, you know, first three rounds. Cooper I don't think has that option to be a first to a third round pick in between those rounds. And so when you're doing your negotiation like you just you got to keep that in mind. So that I think that's the angle you should play. Yes. In terms of devil devil's advocate. Yeah, he missed 5 games as a sophomore in 2021. Okay. So Josh Heupel's first season uh, started eight games, didn't play against Pitt, Tennessee Tech, Missouri, South Carolina, and Ole Miss due to injury. And then last season he did uh, start all 13 games at center. So uh, what was he hurt? Coop, ten, Tennessee should should handle Cooper Mays. Yeah. Just don't also allow him to hold you hostage either. Correct. Which I think you just did a great job of outlining. Correct. Like you can't blame players for using this this small window of opportunity to maximize the earning potential. Like you don't blame them, but at the same time, as a program, you got to be firm too. You have to let these dudes know, like, yo, I need to know what you're gonna do, because if you ain't coming back, I need to hit that portal. That's what, like, Rick Barnes and Josiah Jordan James. When people were waiting on Josiah to, to decide what he wanted to do as far as NBA or pro, Rick couldn't sit around and wait on him. He had to go get players, and he did that. It just worked out that Josiah was able to come back, and there was a spot for him. But Rick didn't sit around and wait for him. And I don't think Josh Heupel can, can do that. You have to be in the middle. Like You got to work with guys. You got to communicate. But you got to be firm. Gotta be firm. That is what every staff in America is dealing with right now. That is what Tennessee is going to deal with. You're probably recruiting your own players harder than you're recruiting players who are not even here. That's just the nature of the business. I feel bad for them. I sympathize uh, with them, empathize with them. It's not easy at all, folks. It's not easy at all. But it is their job. They're getting paid to do a job, so they got to go do it, right? Just like Jennifer Morris, her job is to get you in a house, Ben McKee. That's her job. Absolutely, and I uh, spoke to Jennifer. It is, and she does a great job of doing her job. Uh, she, she is worth every penny of NIL money. I uh, had a conversation with her for 30 minutes yesterday as uh, she is helping me begin the process of, of putting my home on the market and also beginning the process of of looking for a, a new home and that 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 is very stressful but she takes all the stress away uh, because she is great at doing what she does and and she had a 
awesome announcement on uh, Twitter yesterday. She was proud to announce a new extension of her real estate services uh, through Next Move, powered by Keller uh, Williams Realty, which Next Move Medical is a custom online portable, accessible 24-7, catering exclusively to healthcare professionals. It's a comprehensive solution designed with precision for healthcare professionals considering buying, listing, renting, or investing. The platform guarantees they're equipped with the best expertise and assistance every step of the way in any market across North America. So Jennifer Morris is out here doing great things as if she is a star quarterback in the transfer portal and can't encourage you enough to reach out to Jennifer for all of your real estate needs. Are you moving to Knoxville? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know where I'm moving. I'm, I may move out of Knoxville. I, 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 I may move You're further not in away Knoxville, to, to move out of Knoxville. I'm technically in Knoxville, okay? I, I, I'm as close to Seymour uh, as, as you can get, but I'm not quite in Seymour, Swain. Does your mail say you Knoxville, Tennessee on, on it? it? It does say not. I have a Knoxville address. Mm-hmm. So housing market is, is pretty wild, as a lot of people know. So we're not necessarily dead set on one area of town. We're looking for the house that best suits us. Whichever house wants to offer us the most NIL money, Probably gonna be the one. Oh boy, you funny. Uh, local NIL stuff is designed exactly for guys like Cooper. Should take care of local kids who have meant a lot to the school, but probably won't be professional players. Not saying they deserve quarterback money, but NIL is perfect for these type of guys, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, Nate. Like, you, you're right. Cooper's from here. Um, not only is he from Tennessee, he's from Knoxville. And, you know, Cooper's has some, some really good NIL opportunities and uh, hopefully he is able to, to, to get to get more. And um, it's hard to play at the next level. And I hope he's able to do it. He's had a really good career inside of the SEC. He's played up against and played well against some uh, players who are right now playing on Sunday. So uh, I, this is what I'll say about NIL, too. Obviously, I'm for it. I'm glad the players are getting it. The players around the country, PSA, you got to do some work too. You got to you got to do some work. It ain't just part of your paycheck for playing. Like it's it's business. So if you're getting paid to do something, you got to do it. If you're getting paid for a appearance, you got to do it. Like, don't let this NIL stuff leave you thinking that in real business, after football, that you can get paid and not actually do the work. Because that's not true at all. At all. So, yeah, man. This is perfect for Cooper. I hope he is taken care of. And I love the people who are like, he wants a million? Well, just give him a million then. Hey, what are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? Guys, you can't go around just giving folks millions of dollars. What are you talking about? How much How much money do you think people really got? They're not offering and giving Multiple guys on a football team, a collegiate football team, a million dollars. Nick Saban said he had 
a conversation with a recruit, either, hell yeah, it's from the portal. Yeah, the receiver's in the league. Actually played yesterday. And the player, Camp told Saban how much it was going to cost to get him. He was like, no, thank you. Quarterbacks? Okay. Ain't paying nobody else a million dollars unless you Marvin Harrison Jr. or somebody. Brock Bowers or somebody. Come on now. So giving a center a million dollars. I love Cooper and no. he deserves to get his bag, but you're not you're not giving a center no. a, a million dollars. And, and that's not, not I, I shouldn't signal out Cooper, but I mean there there's there, there's not a single COVID senior unless I'm forgetting one off the top of my head that, that I'd give a million to. Dude, I just named a couple guys that deserve a million that don't play quarterback. Yeah, a couple guys yeah, like key, key phrasing. Like I'm, I'm not even like if Brew McCoy wanted to come back, I'm not giving Brew a million. No, Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers, Bijan Robinson, like guys like that, who are like number one in their position in the country who don't play quarterback. Yeah, if if Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman could have come back, then okay, let's have that conversation. Yeah. But he, but even then, exactly, it's kind of <laughs> iffy even at that point. Yeah. Yeah, like eh, folks love spending other people's money. You just, just, love, just give them a million. Love it. Just give. What are you talking about? You wouldn't give them ten dollars, but you want somebody else to give them a million. You wouldn't give a hundred dollars. Just give them a million. Are you are you signed up for the, uh, the vault club? That's the question. I can spend other people's money. Get signed up for the vault club. Do that. <laughs> Get signed up. Throw in your, your your couple dollars so we can continue to take care of our players. How about you do that? <laughs> oh, man. I love it. And every fan base thinks they're going to rack up in the portal. Every fan base. The, the, the portal is not what people think that it is. Do we need it can, to, it can really help, but it's not the end all be all. Yeah. Like, do do we need to address some issues in the portal? Absolutely. Uh, and there's gonna be some good players in there. And um you know, Tennessee's gonna go in there and try to do what they can do. It's hard because you gotta try to develop these relationships in a short amount of time while everybody is just throwing dollars, and maybe that player is just picking the highest bidder. Well, what's going to make a high school player pick a school that doesn't pay him the most? It's going to be relationships. At the end of the day, it's going to be relationships. But you don't have that same time with portal players because they have to make a quick decision. They got to take quick visits. So, yeah, you can address some issues in the portal, 100%. But I'm not looking to revamp our team like, like, Arizona, uh, like, uh, Arkansas basketball, like they ain't gonna do that in football. Now, Florida State has done probably the best job of anybody in America in the portal in terms of actually winning after getting a lot of guys from the portal. They've they've done it at the highest level, obviously, right? Because they're undefeated with a chance to go play in the playoffs. 
Vaughn Birmingham says, I don't know, man. University throw millions of dollars to bad coaches all the time. Oh, yeah, they do that. But they ain't paying random players who are not quarterbacks and not number one in their position in the the nation a million dollars. Come on, y'all. There's a lot of misinformation when it comes to 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 the transfer portal and and a lot of false narratives. Reality is what people think is reality is not even close to reality. Uh, and like the example I always think of in in terms of nil not necessarily always being what people think that it is and i know this is baseball so so maybe it's comparing apples to oranges but everybody in america thought that maui ahuna got like the world's biggest Mm. bag of of money and he did not he did not even come close to receiving the biggest bag of nil money uh and i mean it, it caused issues on on last year's team it, it absolutely did early in the season mm. uh, because there were some some players on the team that heard the outside noise mm. and, and were upset uh, about Maui getting a bag that he did not actually get and then started spreading rumors and, and, and saying things that weren't true to the point to where Tony Vitello had to sit the entire team down and, and say and and give factual information like, hey, Maui is... Maui's not getting this. Mm. It, it may be said outside of these walls, but like here's proof that Maui is not getting what some of you think that he is getting or the people outside of this program thinks that he is getting. Uh, and that, that to me is, is always the, the biggest example of, of people thinking one thing about NIL and, and even the transfer portal to a certain extent that it can save the program. And uh, it, it can definitely help and, and be very, very beneficial when, when used correctly. Um, but it, it, it's not the end all be all. Yeah, that would have been awkward. All right, one quick break. We'll come back, wrap things up. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Mental health, really important. And if you're looking for a place that specializes in just that, designing a plan for your mental wellness. That is Mind Body Wellness here in Knoxville. Their website, mindbodyknoxville.com. Go there. Schedule a mental wellness assessment. Mental illness can dictate every aspect of your life, making things feel like you're out of control, make you feel helpless. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment. Mental health, oh, excuse me, Mind Body Wellness is mental health care that works for you all right we will take a final timeout and wrap things up on the other side this is swain event fueled by dead end barbecue Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today.
When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three is the number here to the Swain event. Ben McKee of Goldvolts two four seven. I'm Jason Swain. Oh man, I've had Hitler over to the house. Can't blame Ben for this one either. Hitler came through yesterday and um, had a clog drain and I just I just got to the point sometimes I'm just like I'm not doing this I know like as a guy you're like oh I could do it oh I could do it I'm gonna do it and I'm I'm like that I'm I'm one of those guys but the day before yesterday I was like I'm not doing this Mm-mm. I'm not messing with this I'm calling Hitler so I scheduled an appointment on my phone uh, they came out yesterday afternoon, right after Josh and Swain, and uh, unclogged uh, a drain for me, and I don't have to worry about it. Really, really easy. Hiller also, right now, uh, has a promotion going on for the holidays, where with every purchase of a takeless water heater, um, you'll get a $250 Visa gift card. Um uh, They'll take $50 of that and donate to Toys for Tots. You can get a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or any whole home generator. They all have great financing options with low monthly payments. Happyhealer.com is a website for more details. So great promotion going on right now. Uh, for the holidays, it's going to benefit your pockets as well as um, enhance the Christmas experience for 
uh, our children here in, in Tennessee. 865-255-03. Check out the text box. Been getting spicy in the text box today. Well, Birmingham's active on text box today. Uh, what as good as Wright is talking about Jalen Wright, what, what would he be worth NIL wise for him to stay another year? I know the numbers we are hearing for quarterbacks are very high. Is it the same for skill position? Absolutely not. There's quarterback money. There's a wide gap. And there's everybody else. As it should. As it should. Every player on the football team knew and knows that the quarterback gets special treatment. Before NIL, we do. It's part of it. It's part of it. Um... Jalen Wright. I mean, I have I have a pretty good number in my head. I think he would be worth if he were to return. I think that number would be like to me. This is no knowledge or no one shared any information with me. But there's a article out that is honestly one of Miss Ben's competitor over there on three. Um, I forgot who said it, but like it lays down like the current rate, the going rate for offensive tackles, edge rushers, and. That number is a couple hundred grand. I'm trying to go find the link. I can tell you exactly uh, what it is, but a guy like Jalen Wright would be, uh, I think, minimum 250. Minimum. Like the floor floor. He's a baller. You got you got to take care of your ballers, and I like the idea of taking care of your players that you know what you're going to get that actually done something on the field, than promising someone from high school that has never done anything yet. But I understand you have to do that. Like, I get it. The year that Sam Bradford came out. His guaranteed money was so ridiculous because he had not played it down yet. And that was the year that the NFLPA changed the rule. And then when Jameis Winston came in the next year, he was the first score, first number one overall pick that didn't get the big bag. But like the vets deserve the big bag because they actually proved something. Not some rookies. All right. Here's a tweet from Pete Nacos. They were told this spring that the going rate for a starting offensive tackle or D-lineman could start as low as 75000 to one twenty-five annually. For an elite edge rusher, the starting price jumps to $200,000. 
and easily reach $300,000. The, all those numbers are before an athlete slash agent starts pitting schools against each other. All right? So I think it's important for folks to understand the numbers. Stop talking about a million dollars. like that, that, that ain't happening. Quarterbacks who are good will get closer to that number. Not everybody on the team. So that's a pretty good reference guide for people to kind of know what kind of money's out there. All right, Ben, anything that you would like to add? I know the basketball team plays Wednesday versus North Carolina. It's basketball time in Tennessee. How is uh, Toby doing? Is, is he good? Uh, Obey is not doing good. I mean, he, I wouldn't say he's doing bad. He did not practice yesterday. Uh, so I, I don't know that. I, he, he could play on Wednesday just, just because he did not practice yesterday. Doesn't mean that he, he won't play on Wednesday, but he, even if he does play and gut it out like he did it against Purdue and uh, Kansas in, in Honolulu, don't know how long he's going to be able to give it a go. And uh, for the third straight game, Tennessee is playing one of the one of the premier post players uh, in the country. Obviously dealt with Zach Eady, then dealt with Hunter Dickinson, uh, and then now they're going to deal with Armando Baycott. And Baycott's not Eady or, or Dickinson. Uh, he's not as good as those two guys. Not offensively. Off the, not offensively. No, uh, but he's still he's still a very nice post presence and one of college basketball's best players. Uh, but he has gotten off to a slow start this season. Uh, that that's been one of the storylines and, and conversations over in Chapel Hill to, to start the years. Him getting off to a slow start. So, uh, quite the stretch of of post play that Tennessee's going up against right now, uh, and would love to have Tobe Awaka, but unfortunately, Tobe turned his ankle in the game prior to this three-game stretch. So some unfortunate luck for Tennessee that its most physical post-presence uh, has not been 100% available during this stretch. But uh, I like what Jonas has been doing. I, I think he's he's reached a point now where he's starting to become more consistent. Uh, Rick Barnes continues to sing the praise of Jonas and, and thinks that there's still a, another level for him to reach. Uh, and, and he talked on Vol Calls last night about wanting Jonas to recognize that he has the potential to be just as dominant of a presence in the post as these post players that Tennessee is playing against that we're talking about. And uh, obviously for different reasons uh, than Zach Eady and Dickinson and Baycott, but Jonas has something to give teams real issues down low in the paint if he can just – realize that mentally and then also find a way to, to do it consistently, which again, I said a moment ago, I think he's starting to do that. So another big challenge for, for Tennessee on Wednesday, number 17, North Carolina, I'm about to get in the car and, and head that direction. I'm going to go check out Bishop Boswell play tonight in Charlotte, uh, the lone Tennessee signee. He, he's got a game tonight on the way to Chapel Hill. So uh, I'm going to go watch him play tonight and then head on over to the Dean dome tomorrow for what should be a, a really fun college basketball environment. They're doing a whiteout. Not sure if, uh, those have, uh, if if those listening have seen that yet, or if you've seen that, but I guess now speaking of 
game scheduling. We do need to mention on the way out the door uh, real quick uh, what Chris Lowe reported last night, and that was three of uh, Tennessee's scheduled games for next year. Uh, he reported that uh, Tennessee will return or Josh Heupel will return to Oklahoma on September 21st. So Tennessee at Oklahoma next season on September 21st. And then this is interesting, Swain. Uh, This is a result of the new scheduling and and the new teams coming into the league with Texas and Oklahoma. Tennessee is going to host Florida and Alabama in back-to-back home games next season, October 12th and then uh, the third Saturday in October will remain on the third Saturday in October. I found that very, very interesting. That Tennessee's playing Florida and Alabama home in back-to-back home games. I, I, that that that's going to be interesting and fun. That 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 that's going to be the the perks of of the new scheduling is you, you you sit down and look at some of the matchups for all the teams in the league and uh, like Alabama going to play at Oklahoma in late November the week before the Iron Bowl, instead of hosting UT Chattanooga or another FCS school, there's you think of your individual school and the school that you root for, and, and you're thinking, Dad, nabbit, can we not play Vanderbilt every single week? Uh, but from an entertainment standpoint, from a league perspective, there, there's going to be so, so many fun football games next season. Dak nabbit, huh? You like that? Sounds so buckhorn. Um Go Bucks, fear the deer, baby. Uh, Bangkok, Bangkok, Bangkok um, is a double double. It's a walking double double, man. Sixteen points, twelve rebounds. Ron Slay said on Josh Swain that when he was a, a experienced big man, he would hate the other teams would throw just a bunch of different post players at him in Tennessee has that going right now with some of the young guys. And so you may not have someone that's on the same level as some of the big guys that we've played against, but you're not redshirting those young post players because you feel like they're ready. And so as they continue to grow, I think our post play and post defense will continue to improve. But it's going to be a good one, man. Uh, I hope you have fun, man. That's that's an amazing venue to watch college basketball. Hopefully both teams wear – they're aware of uniforms. I think that'll be pretty, but I probably won't see it. Um, oh, well. It's going to be a difficult day for you Tar Heel Vols. I don't know what y'all going to do tomorrow. Better figure it out. Because <laughs> I know some of y'all out there, Carolina basketball fans and Tennessee football fans, you're going to expose yourself tomorrow on social media. Looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, man. For Bibby Key, I'm Jason Swain. Swain Event Fuel by Dead End Barbecue. Thursday, 8 a.m. We'll be back. Hope y'all have a fantastic rest of your day and rest of, well, day today. And then tomorrow, hope you have a fantastic day. We'll be back on Thursday, 8 a.m. Swain Event Fuel by Dead End Barbecue. Peace and love.